Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Wednesday, September 30th. Happy International Podcast Day. I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Two topics today. We'll start with the Royals. You'll hear manager Mike Matheny look back at his first season as the Royal skipper. The team said as it was preparing for the truncated season that making the playoffs was the goal, and we know the Royals fell short. But there were some promising signs for the organization. Matheny talks about where the Royals appear to be in good shape, pitching, and where the improvement is needed, offense. So you'll hear from Royals manager Mike Matheny. After a break, we'll hear from Patrick Mahomes. He met with reporters on Wednesday. Mahomes covered many topics, including impending fatherhood, which was announced on social media a day early. And you'll hear what he thinks about this week's opponent, the Patriots. Let's get started with Royals manager Mike Matheny. Hey, Mike. Uh, you've had some time now to look back over, over the season. Obviously, uh, the bullpen was a great strength. The rotation uh, settled in really nicely. The, the defense, I think, improved as, as the season went on. If there was one area that you'd probably like to see improve uh, consistently was the, would be the offense. Yeah, I, I think that's... that's pretty much the universal thought um the consistency with the offense the you know we we talk a lot about and everybody's tired of hearing about the situational hitting and so you can take your your perspective a couple different ways you can look at yourself as being a team that just needs to slug and you stand in there and uh and just try and swing for the fences and look for extra base hit and slugging percentage um obviously we need to increase our on base percentage overall um but, but in a park like like Kaufman, I mean, doubles are going to be just as effective, but truly believe, and we saw it happen. We played it out this way. Um, we got to do the little things right. We got to get guys over, get them in. And every time we did that, it was amazing how that created some momentum for our club. And all those missed opportunities we had and, and all those close games that we, we, we had, uh, you could see how deflating it was when we weren't able to get those runners in. How many times did we have second and third or bases loaded less than two outs so we didn't make something happen or at least make a scratch and then you know we're one run down at the end of the game and uh, those are the things that we're going to have a, a very um a very direct focus on i know hearing with the camp with the young guys now they're going to know this is what's going to be asked of us it's going to be talked about all winter long it's going to be talked about all spring and and then we do know that we have the kind of potential to to have the power but let's control some of the small stuff first and the big things will take care of themselves you didn't have your full lineup very much this year. Salve was out, obviously. Soler hurt at the end. Mondi had, had the bad uh, August. Do you think some of the answers um, to get more offense will be internally, or do you think you'll have to look outside? Yeah, you know, Dayton uh, has always got his ear to the ground and knowing what um, he sees and what uh, he knows we can do organizationally. So that's, that's always going to be part of the conversation. Just like last year, I remember sitting – at the winter meeting and um, we had a, a, a couple of the, the influencers in this organization talk about Michael Franco and how this would be such a great pickup for this club and here's why and uh, believing that he could be a guy that's going to have that, that bounce back year and um, for me it, it, Rene Francisco was that voice more than anybody else because he had watched him so many times in the DR. Um, just having that ability to, to go out and find a player like that that can come in and be a, a game changer for us combined with what you're talking about. Um, love to see a full season of, of all the guys when, when they got going. We saw Mondi be really better than anybody in the league, obviously with his 
award of a player of the week. Uh, we watched Salvi go through a stretch better than anybody else, and we've all seen uh, Jorge and uh, just weren't able to put it all together, as well as Dozier was another guy that we never really got on that really good run. Um, so I think it's going to be internally. We're going to see development um, and then always looking for ways to, to help our club improve, whether it's promoting younger players or whether it's finding somebody out there that can, can step in and do the job. Mike, uh, I got a question just to kind of follow up uh, your, your answer about the situational hitting. I know you've, you've done some deep dives on the analytics and, and that, that kind of thing uh, throughout your, your uh, managerial career. It, it, like situational hitting is obviously great when you're in that situation, right? Um, but it, it is is on base just like frankly what this team really needs more of? Like so, it doesn't come down to the ninth inning. Maybe you're leading by two instead of trailing by one, and that runs so necessary. I mean that 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 has been kind of a consistent theme uh, for, for for the organization. Do you feel like there's the focus on on base percentage as an organization that that you know is necessary? There is. Um... I would say every organization and all of baseball understands the importance of being on base before you can even do any kind of situational hitting. Um, seems like once again, though, there were times when we were on base and, and not able to, to push it across the plate, which was some of the frustration. But we saw some runs where guys were taking uh, more of their walks, figuring out ways to get on base. And part of that situational hitting, Soren, too, is uh, that two-strike hitting to where we're, we're getting away from the swing and miss, putting the ball in play. We watched what happened with these guys, like Amandi. When he put the ball in play, it was ridiculous how often that he made him his way on base, whether it was even a force out in front of him uh, that then put him on third base basically after two steals. So it is it is going to be a, kind of an and conversation. Situational hitting is, is working deep counts, grinding all the way through, and knowing the kind of player you are. We have some guys that should be swing for three. Uh, they're the guys that are going to cause big damage. Uh, there's not very many of those on our team, but we do have a, a couple, and they need to continue to try and drive the ball. There's other guys that need to get in. We need to work on uh, putting the ball in play to where it will give us an opportunity to to uh, to have some of that on-base percentage, but also it's just strike zone awareness overall. I think that's the difference of every single one of the players we saw go from uh, a tough spot to a spot where they were in a better place is the fact that they, they were recognizing um, strike the ball and we're laying off the low pitches, uh, figuring out what, what guys needed to capitalize on the top of the zone and which ones were trying to get us to chase above. And Mondi's a great example of that. You saw him taking some pitch, pitches late in the season that he wasn't able to do early on, and it's it's a strike zone recognition. So those are uh, conversations that have already started, um, some plans in place to try and help guys get there. A lot easier said than done, but uh, on base is certainly something that every successful team is going to be focusing on. And, and just a, a follow-up to another one of Flanny's questions. You talked about, um, you know, the guys that were out, right? Is is depth, like, Solaire missed big chunks, right? A lot, a lot of the guys that, you know, you talked about doing the, the one swing, three run damage, right? That that was obviously a, a big problem when, when he goes down. And it really shortened the lineup. Um, you know, the bottom got pretty thin at times. I mean, is, is depth maybe as important as finding that one guy is, is you know, so that, if somebody does go down, it's 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 more of a guy who's ready to actually, you know, uh, command a professional at bat. Well, the kind of player you're talking about, uh, you're not going to have much depth with. If they're, they've got the ability to cause that kind of damage, they're probably in the lineup already. And unless we're able to to initiate one of the players who's, who's on the way and one of the young players that could potentially give you that kind of, of pop and that kind of 
push. Uh, go ahead. Oh, I, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I did a poor job of phrasing it. My, my point being, yeah, the Solaires are hard to find. Is it like more Francos, right? Like, like who did a really good job of lengthening your lineup out and giving you a professional at bat? Is that more of what you need and, and some depth of those kind of guys to where it's, it's not so thin down at the bottom? Yeah, no, there's something to be said. When you look at, at the bottom of a lineup that could potentially have you know three, sometimes four, number nine hitters where guys that are just going to kind of put the ball and play, do little things right. Um, in, in, in the American League Central, you're going to have a tough time competing. You're going to ask your pitchers to do a whole lot to keep some of these other offenses down when you've got uh, you know a, a, a very stacked four or five and, and then you just kind of piecemeal on the rest with guys that weren't quite locked in or haven't quite been proven yet. So... Uh, but when you look, once again, going back also to Flanny's comment, in fact, when you put the lineup of what it should look like when everybody was healthy, that gave you that depth, I believe. You were talking about being able to run all the way down through that lineup, potential to do some damage or the potential to, to put together the grinding style and path that we need. But uh, with, without question, the additions of guys like Michael Franco are needed, but we need the guys that we have to, one, be healthy and two, stay healthy and then uh, three continue to improve, but uh, I think a lot of that depth is going to be there uh, if we can make a couple of adjustments um, and then get a couple of these guys to take their game to that next level. When you look this year as as a whole, um, the the expectations you had coming into this, you know, maybe spring training. Obviously, the year was very different than you know a normal year. You obviously couldn't know about the the COVID and everything else that was going to interrupt the shortened season and all that. Um, but how do you feel like? this team measured up to your expectations for them going into spring training? Well, I, you know, the record is, is what the record is. And it's it's interesting to see uh, some of these teams that are still playing right now um, that, that weren't too far ahead of us. And you could go back in a number of games saying, well, what about that one or this one? Uh, we didn't have any of those crazy dramatic walk-off style games that another team had in their pocket that we stole. I mean, most of them we grinded out all the way and a couple we let slip. And you just see how close we were, even win-loss column, to, to being where we wanted to be, uh, which was con- continuing to play into October. Uh, but overall, I've, I've said this uh, a number of times, and it was kind of uh, the, the call to arms to, to the guys from our very first conversations last November. Um our expectation is to go out and, and search for excellence every single day for each guy and to play up to the highest ability that you can individually and for us collectively. And if we leave it all on the line every single night when we walk off that field and you know that you've given everything that you have and we're watching these guys continue to push and improve, you can't ask for more than that. Uh, but the bottom line is we've got to figure out ways to win. Winning is our business. And uh, we, we didn't do that nearly as much as what we wanted to. Uh, but with the process in place of watching these guys uh, prepare um, and compete and just how they worked, I had, I had no regrets on how they went about their business. And I believe that they continued to move in that direction. What we were really hoping for was to change their belief of themselves into being a team that can win. And... Uh, it's been said, and it, it's easy to say at the end of the season, hey, if we would have just had a little more time. But I don't think there was a guy in that room that didn't truly believe that. If we were able to keep playing, that it would have been only a matter of time until we kept some of that momentum going um, that allow us to, to, to just keep building on that, that winning expectation, which is a huge step for any team to take. And Mike, just a quick follow-up 
Well, I had one follow-up on that, too, just the idea about the, the, the winning. Because um, I know when you came in, you know, when you were first, your first press conference, the idea of sustained winning was something that you hit multiple times. Now that you've got a different perspective of not just the organization but the major league club, what's your confidence level of, of where you guys are at to, as building towards that sustained winning? Yeah, it's never going to change. I mean, I, I think it's always going to be something that um, if you're not walking in there believing that you can do that, now you have to be an honest evaluator with what you have, and that's probably the question that you're asking. And I believe what we have, like I said, is is uh, is a winning group. It's just a matter of how do we continue um, to, to progress and grow. We have a number of young players who have never experienced winning at this level. That's why I think it was so important for us to be able to be uh, in that space where we were looking at the last week of the season and we're talking about going into quarantine for the postseason and guys feeling that pressure and looking at the numbers and realizing that you know this is real let's run let's run the table here and then see what happens and and had we done that um we'd we'd be playing right now and so those just to experience that to have the conversations and then to have that reinforced by the guys in that clubhouse who have held the big trophy I, i think all of that is steps forward but as far as the talent goes I don't think there's there's any question. Uh, it goes back to my former statement of uh, we ran out of time. When we started to really kind of hit our rhythm, when we saw the different components come, whether it's our pitching, our starting pitching, uh, the bullpen was fantastic. Uh, we started to put together some offense, and we started to get some guys healthy and some of the right pieces moving in the right direction. Um, all of those things, to me, are the components for winning baseball, and we saw them. Mike, just on the expectation thing, Singer and Bubich, I mean, I know guys have made the big leagues, especially out of college, with less than 150 minor league innings. But it's definitely not the norm. And and, I, and I'm, you know, I'm just curious, how much did the pandemic and no minor leagues kind of force your hand and say we got to get innings for these guys and push them in there early? And then how much did they either live up to or drastically exceed your expectation for as little of experience as they really had? I wanted them here day one, Soren. I really did, and I'm um, just watching. Their stuff, watching their makeup, I felt uh, I felt they were ready, and that's always kind of that that tough call from the organization's perspective. And following Dayton's lead, he's been doing this a lot longer uh, than I have as far as just making those big decisions and when the right timing is. Uh, but for us, we saw two uh, players with a unique skill set on the mound, but also had some of that maturity that was way beyond their years of, expect, uh, of experience. So um, I don't know how it would have played out. Uh, Kind of had some of those conversations as we were getting ready to uh, to leave uh, Surprise, and, and we were talking already about Brady being a part of that and Chris not being far behind, and so that kind of did play out. The unfortunate thing is we just didn't get them as much of an experience to feel the uh, the challenges of 162. Both of those guys did a real nice job during the quarantine of, of staying very active, of, of keeping their pitch counts up, trying to build innings that we could kind of um, at least track and give some sort of value to for their overall workload. And they're continuing to uh, to work through the rest of this offseason to try and build up whatever that needs to be. But I, I don't think it was something that was forced by this situation, Storm, because they were two guys that we needed to step in and fill those holes that uh, we had opportunities for, for starting pitching, and they both stepped in and did, I thought, a phenomenal job for young players. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little... Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. 
No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Uh, let's start with Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Patrick. Um, you mentioned after the game that the Ravens showed you a look that maybe you hadn't seen on film. Coach Belichick has made a living really off of that. I was wondering how you um, and Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid go through the process of preparing for maybe things that aren't on film. How do you, how do you go about that? Yeah, it, it takes a lot. I mean, being able to watch all what they've done this year, uh, being able to watch what they've done multiple years in the past. I mean, luckily for us, we've played them a good amount of times now, so we can see all the different types of stuff that they that they presented us and, and offenses like us. And so, uh, you know, there's going to be unscouted stuff. There's going to be stuff that he's going to throw out there. I mean, that's why he's one of the, the best coaches of all time. Uh, and so uh, we have to make sure that we are able to make adjustments quickly and, and find ways to not have negative plays and have positive ones, even if it's unscouted. Let's go next to Karen Kornacki. Go ahead, Karen. Hi, Patrick. How are you doing? Great. What a great year for you. I mean, first of all, you're the Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP. You beat Baltimore. You show who's the top quarterback. And then you announce you're going to be a dad. I mean, can you put in perspective just all this great stuff for you and, of course, the most important thing, being a dad? Yeah, I mean, it's extremely exciting. I mean, being able to kind of – grow up and have these dreams of, of, of having a family and, and playing in the NFL and for that stuff to start happening and, and uh, really co- uh, coming into truth and everything like that. I mean, it's, it's really cool. And so I'm just excited uh, that I have, I have a lot of great people around me and I'm in a great organization and I'm able to live out these dreams day by day. Let's go next to Her- Herbie. There you go, Herb. Go ahead. Hey, Patrick. How are you doing today? Doing good. In light of everything that's going on right now in Tennessee and Minnesota, and, and I know you've, you've, you've got some pretty strict protocols that you, you approach how this pandemic is going, how, how much have you reflected back on these last 24, 48 hours on things that you need to do to maybe tighten up some safety protocols? I, I, I honestly uh, feel like us as an organization has done a great job of holding each other accountable. I mean, it, it's something that can happen to anybody. Uh, you don't look down on anybody that, that it's, it's happening to, but it, it's kind of the, the way 2020 and the world has been. But uh, I feel like Rick and, and his staff and the whole organization has done a great job of keeping us socially distanced, making us wear masks, even when people try to slip and not wear them, but making sure that they're wearing masks, holding each other accountable, um, and, and then you just kind of accept what happens. And so uh, I'm just uh, just going to make sure that we keep emphasizing that, uh, make sure that we continue to wear our masks, socially distance, and try to prepare ourselves so that we're not – uh, harming anyone else or ourselves. Let's go next to Sam Ellinger. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, uh, Patrick, this is a little bit of an off-the-wall question, but um, you would have been, I think, in sixth grade when the Patriots oh. went 18-1. You know, 
Uh, do you have any memories of, of watching that team? And I'm also curious if that's something that's even 1% on your radar going undefeated this year. Yeah, I, I have some memories for sure. I mean, when they had Moss and, and Brady and they were lighting up the scoreboard um, and, and then making the run and everything like that. I mean, that, that was an amazing, amazing football team. But uh, I haven't thought that far ahead. I mean, we're just 3-0 right now. Um, I think that if you start thinking like that is when you just lose football games. Look at us last year. We came off a big win against the Ravens and then dropped a few games right there in that in this kind of October month. And so, but you just have to prepare week by week, day by day, and know that you're going to have a great challenge every single time you step in that football field. And so, you can't take anybody uh, for granted, and you have to make sure that you really accept that challenge every single day. Go next to Matt McMullen. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Patrick. Um, back-to-back road games, empty stadiums, obviously. Just how excited are you to get back to Arrowhead? I'm very excited. I promise. I'm very, very excited to be there. Have the fans there, uh, be an arrowhead, uh, and, and kind of get the feed off that energy. I mean, uh, obviously, we've we've learned to play in the, the empty stadium and, and kind of give ourselves our own energy uh, on the sidelines and rooting for each other. But then to have uh, Chiefs Kingdom there with us, uh, rooting us on, I'm excited for the, to be an arrowhead and be able to play in front of some fans. Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Patrick, I want to ask you about uh, Stephon Gilmore. You've played against him a number of times now. Um, what is it about him that stands out to you? And is there something about him that you and any quarterback really needs to know about him uh, when you're playing against him? Uh, I think all the, all the quarterbacks know he's really, really good. Uh, that, that would be the main thing. I mean, he's, he's a guy that's big, he's physical, and he's fast. And uh, uh, being with Coach Belichick, you, you can really tell that he really understands route concepts. He really understands – alignments, uh, what routes the guys can run from certain alignments, and I think that's just made him better and better each year. So uh, uh, it's a great challenge for us. Uh, that entire defense is of uh, every single time we play them, but he's a guy that you have to know where he's at on the field, and you have to know uh, that he's going to be a physical guy that's going to uh, really contest every single play that you go his way. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Patrick, I was wondering, and I know you're not going up against him, but with uh, Cam Newton, just what are your memories of, of watching him and how much when you were coming up did you sort of mimic and try to do some of the things that he does? Yeah, I wish I could do some of the things that he, that he does as far as, as, far as how, how, how physical he is and the way he's able to make plays happen. Uh, but he's a, he's, a, he's a great football player. Uh, someone I, like you said, I watched when he was at Auburn. Yes, he went to Blinn College, which is down there kind of close to East Texas, and so he played against like TJC and some of those uh, junior colleges. Um, and I, I see you see his highlights then when I was uh, back in high school in those days. And so he's a, he's a great football player, and uh, he's in a great spot now, and he's, he's playing really good football. So you understand it's going to be a great challenge uh, to go up against this team, knowing that they're going to be able to they're going to be able to really uh, move the football, and hopefully our defense is going to come out there and, and play like they did this last week. Let's go next to Harold Coons. Go ahead, Harold. Hey Pat, um, you just continue to have success against teams that blitz all the time just what goes into that success and how you've been able to do so far and my other question to you is if there had to be a player who's an uncle to the new baby on the team who, who would you trust as the babysitter uh well the first question the first question i probably uh would say first of the blitz i think the biggest thing that we uh that we do is we prepare it's all preparation we we really prepare for blitz coverages and different different looks different zone, fire zones different man blitzes and we have guys that's quicking up the routes and get themselves open um, and then, and then whenever we want to take a shot versus the blitz, I think guys do a great job of, of making sure they, they make distinct angles where I can throw the ball to space and let them make plays. Um, and, and we've done a great job of that. And then the second part, uh, uh, as far as like an uncle, I would say like Matt Moore or someone like that that's responsible. I could I can't let like Trav or anybody do it. I mean, they, you never know what would happen. Go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. 
Hey, Patrick, congratulations. Um, I wanted to ask you, because you guys are so good at throwing the ball and completing balls downfield, that your defense is one of the best, at least so far this year, at containing teams from not having big plays. Um, when you have Tyron Matthew, Juan Thornhill, Dan Sorensen, and even a new guy, Tedrick Thompson, just what do you think that they provide for that defense so that they're, they, the opposing offense isn't able to get big chunk plays the way you guys are on offense? I think the biggest thing they provide is they're going to they're gonna be right there contesting every single deep pass. And uh, that that's that's the difference maker. Whenever you have guys, guys that are contesting every pass and, that, and making it have to be a perfect throw and a perfect catch every single time, it's hard. It's, a hard, it's hard on the, the offense. And so uh, – they might, might give up a catch here and there, but they're going to be right there contesting it, and they, they take respect and responsibility of making sure that no big plays happen. We've got time for a couple more guys. We'll go Sam and then Seren. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Patrick. Um, we didn't ask you much about the, the long touchdown to McCall Hardman after the game. You obviously took a, a really deep backdrop on that. Was that what you anticipated doing before the snap? I guess what did you see on that play and also before the play? Yeah, it was. I think it was one of those uh, like those kind of looks where they did that kind of package of blitzes that I, I wasn't expecting, and they, there was a guy free. And right off the snap, I knew that the guy was going to be able to come free, and I, I knew we had the coverage over the top that we liked. And so uh, instead of having to like maybe check it down or throw it, I wanted to buy time and let McCole run his route to put the ball out there. And once I saw him make the, the, the first move, the double move, I knew that with his speed he could run underneath it. So I just tried to put it out there as far as I could. It, as we call it, it was probably a little bit of a toaster if it, was, it wasn't a very good spiral, but it got out there enough where he was able to catch it and, and score. Uh, we'll go last to Seren. Go ahead, Seren. Patrick, I think your uh, numbers in September are like 32 touchdowns, no INTs, right? They're, they're pretty good in all the months, right? But they're off the charts in September. What, what do you attribute uh, that success to and how you guys are able to be so efficient uh, you know, to start the seasons? I, tr- I truly believe it's how we run training camp. I mean, Coach Reed puts us in these situations – that are very game-like, that they're, they're very uh, similar to the situations that we really presented in the game, and we're prepared for it. And I think that's a, uh, a big uh, credit to him and, and our whole coaching staff is they put us in situations in training camp that we're prepared for everything right out of the gate. And then now it's about building and, and keep getting better and, and carrying that momentum throughout the season. little bonus audio for you here. Let's hear what Chiefs tackle Eric Fisher had to say about his touchdown reception in the Monday night game against the Baltimore Ravens. What was going through your mind when you knew that play was getting called and when the ball was in the air? Uh, yeah, we had to go heavy personnel on that, and once Wiley was down, I didn't think of a chance we were calling it. So kind of surprised me, which might have been a good thing. That way I wasn't thinking about it the whole game. But uh, when I when it came in, um, you know, I went and reported eligible and uh, luckily kind of tricked the defense on the field there and uh, wide open over there in the, in the end zone. And that, that made me work for that one a little bit, but it's all right. Uh, we, uh, we practice those kind of things, and uh, it was a memory I'll uh, have for life. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Links to stories about the Royals and Chiefs can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, earlier in the episode, you heard me talk about the Sports Pass offer. It still stands and still a good one, 30 bucks for a year's worth of sports coverage, and that includes the Sports Extra that comes with the E-Edition. There are more than 50 additional pages of national sports coverage today. Well, here's an even better offer. Buy the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports, news, features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. There's an entire section devoted to last night's debate. Hey, the details can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. That's account 
www.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening, and we will be back on Thursday with a new episode.